Hey everybody, you are listening to the Church Theology Podcast, a podcast on the church, for the church. My name is Kirk Miller, here with Dan Allen. Yo! And today, uh, we are going to do a little bit of a bonus episode, tying in with our mini topical sermon series on prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, before we get into that material, maybe we'll just do a little bit of recap on what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing a series on prayer before our next expositional series. We're going to be going judges. to judges next. Yep. Mm-hmm. But before that, um, one of the things one of the things our church does is occasionally we'll kind of bring out a rallying cry. The elders will bring out what we call a rallying cry, which is this is what this is something that we feel we need to emphasize right now, something mm-hmm. that we'd like to see our church grow in. So we try to do some things to yeah, place some emphasis on that. We felt mm-hmm. like prayer was an area we wanted to be growing in, and so we have done a little bit of a sermon series on prayer. The mm-hmm. first sermon was um, our need for prayer, the need yeah. of prayer. And so really the idea of our gospel dependency on God. Mm-hmm. Um, we are utterly dependent on God. We need to be praying. Then we talked about um, the basis of prayer. So the gospel mm-hmm. grounds on which we pray that the father's um, attribute attributes, his characteristics of, of his all, his being all powerful, being all loving, um, calling forth the, the petitions of his people on the basis of Christ's intercession and sacrifice, as well as the spirit's um, advocacy and help, we can go to God mm-hmm. in prayer. So those are the, the gospel grounds, the gospel basis basis of our prayers. And then the third one would be the purpose of prayer, which mm-hmm. I argued was the gospel aim of prayer. And so as the gospel seeks to undo the curse as far as it is found, as the hymn writer says, so our prayers have both a inward, outward, and upward dimension. They mm-hmm. um, It's an expression of our own reorientation to God. As we bring our own anxieties, our own thankfulness, our own laments, our own requests before him, as we bring mm-hmm. requests of others, the outward dimension, so inward and outward. And then finally, it all has a result of being to his glory, the upward mm-hmm. dimension. Mm-hmm. Then the week after that, um, mm-hmm. you talked about the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you give a little bit of a recap of that? Yeah, I mean, that's what it was, just trying to go out of that James passage where that seems to be his main claim in that passage, to say that prayer is powerful. And Which passage is that? Uh, James five thirteen to 18. Uh, he, gives, he gives some application about what, what do we do with that claim. So that's why he says three different things. Like if anybody's um, suffering, let him pray. If anybody's rejoicing, let him sing praise, which in the context of prayer seems to be a kind of prayerful praise. And if anyone's sick, let him call for the elders and have them anoint them with oil and pray over them. Uh, and then he gives two illustrations about prayer being powerful. One being that some who are sick are healed. And Elijah uh, in the Old Testament uh, for Samuel or f- no, First Kings, whatever it was, seven and eight or eight and nine or something, um, how he prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years and it stopped. And then he prayed again and it, and it rained. Uh, but the main claim being there that, that uh, the prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. Yeah. So just and then meditate on that. Sam next this this Sunday, the mm-hmm. last week, is going to be doing a doing a sermon on the manner of prayer, mm-hmm. the method of prayer, sort of the how tos, how the Bible instructs us to pray. Yeah, some of those practical elements. And this last Sunday, so yesterday, mm-hmm. you did a sermon on the hindrances, the hindrances of, prayer. of prayer. Yeah, so kind of what which gets was, in the way of our praying life. Yeah, which this was the only one I felt qualified to <laughs> to preach on. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, when we were planning this series, I thought, man, I should sit this whole series out. But I'll take the hindrances one. Yeah. Because it's just been an area where I've I've struggled. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it was helpful. I, I did find it helpful to do the one on the power prayer. I, yeah. I thought that was good for me to think about. Um, but I enjoyed, like, thinking, like, sitting down and thinking through, like, what are the challenges? Like, wh- why do I challenge? Uh, why am I challenged to pray? Because it, do- it really doesn't make logical sense. If you really listen to the promises of God in Scripture, what he promises to do as his people pray, it doesn't really make sense that we don't pray, that we struggle with it. But yet we still do. And so it's like, okay, well, why is that? Yeah. So. Yeah. So in your sermon yesterday, you walked us through the first six hindrances that you came up with. Mm-hmm. You and your Dan style had a total of 20, though. Right. right. <laughs> I started yeah. laughing. Uh-huh. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that sermon, I would go ahead and listen to the mm-hmm. sermon where Dan walks us through the first six. Yeah. Among yeah, other yeah. things. Yeah. But you you said you kind of threw out this thing. Well, maybe we'll do the other 14 in a podcast. Sure. And, yeah. And so, you know, here we are. That's what yeah. we're going to do. We're going to go through the other 14. I'll let Dan kind of this is like extra sermon time for Dan to walk us through yeah, all the yeah. stuff he could in, in his sermon. Yeah, because so. I was only given 25 minutes for 30 yeah, minutes for a sermon. Yeah, we had know. a business meeting, we and so you were a little service, bit. Yeah. You were, I don't know how long you actually went. I think I ended up going 30, 32, or 30. Yeah, <laughs> so like, like <laughs> but nonetheless, um, so, yeah. I t- we told you to go shorter. Yeah, so, yeah. But, okay. So that, I'll just say the first six. We won't talk about it. But number one was it's, it's prayer is not tangible enough. We want it more tangible. Uh, two was that I don't plan for it, or we don't plan for it. Three was that we don't view prayer as productive enough. We're a very productive, quote-unquote, society. We don't view prayer as productive. Uh, four is that we set up life so that prayer doesn't feel necessary. Uh, we're, we have pretty safe lives, and uh, prayer doesn't feel like we like we need God to, to, to act here. Um, and then five, we struggle with the ability to be silent and still in our culture and how that just increasingly becomes more difficult. The more technology uh, intrudes on our life mm-hmm. is not actually freeing us up. It's actually <laughs> constantly filling in any gap right. where we might be silent. Yeah. Uh, and then number six, I had I'm struggling too much to pray where we, those times of life where we just feel so disoriented that we don't even know how to pray and what, what mm-hmm. do we do with that. So the goal with this too is then how do I answer those? Well, not only do I feel this struggle, but then how do I speak to that struggle? How do we turn that around? Yeah? Yeah. All right. So and then number seven um, is that we we can struggle to encourage ourselves with grace rather than legalism. Uh, so this this is, I feel like, one I've, I've worked really hard in terms of reading the scriptures to try to help myself and to help other people uh, to make sure um, that we're thinking about this rightly. So part of the things in our culture is like this authenticity, right? It's like we don't want to force ourselves to do something because then it doesn't feel real, which actually is one of my points later. But then we fail to, we either one, don't want to like discipline ourselves to do it. Or when we do discipline ourselves with it, we are actually thinking about it more in a legalistic manner. Like, uh, oh, I missed prayer the last two days. I, I skipped my schedule. Like, God's probably, we wouldn't even say this out loud, but he probably wants to kind of keep me a little bit farther uh, at arm's length, you know, because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And before long, these spiritual disciplines, actually, we give them more. They begin to enslave us rather than to serve us. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. And so it's it's then learning how to... Um, speak to that and, and empower ourselves with the grace of God. So in terms of Bible reading, uh, one of the things I'll 
encourage people to do is, is have promises of God about scripture. So ra- rather than try to tell yourself like, Oh, I have to read scripture. I, this is what good Christians do. I gotta, I gotta keep reading. Um, or God's going to not going to like me if I don't read or any, like we want to replace that language, not just not listen to it, but replace it with like the promises of God about scripture that, that God promises that as I meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, that I will become like a tree planted by streams of water or that uh, this, the, the, the law of the Lord makes wise of the simple or it causes the, the heart to rejoice or uh, gives, uh, gives hope to, to God's people mm-hmm. and, and such. Right. So, so it's reminding ourselves of these things so that we can, we can come before the Lord as we read scripture and say, you know, Lord, I, and just be honest, like, I don't want to do this. Uh, frankly, I don't think I'm going to learn anything right now, but I trust your promises. And so I'm going to read, not because I have to, not because I'm going to be more right with you because of it, but because I do trust you. I trust your promises. And despite what I feel right now, I'm going to do it. And and I ask God that you would overcome my, my inabilities and such and my feelings. But I think the same goes for prayer. I mean, yesterday we started out this the the scripture reading was ten promises about prayer um, from the scriptures, um, and I just alluded to them in the in the sermon. Uh, but promises that God hears the cries of His people. Um, sometimes people are healed. Sometimes we're given wisdom. Uh, but then you also have things where uh, it's. Uh, I was going to say sometimes. We don't receive the answers to our prayers because we we ask them selfishly and um, like James according says. to James, yeah. or we ask with doubting mm-hmm. and such like that. And so we just be honest with the Lord, um, thank the Lord that He hears us. Uh, he promises to be our Father, uh, a good Father, a better Dad than I am, mm-hmm. and to listen to the cries of His people. And He's honored to hear my mumbling, bumbling, same request over and over. But but it's bringing before Him, and He's honored to hear that. Just like I would be when my kids come to me with their problems versus to somebody else. Like I feel very honored with that. I want them to come to me. I think of the man who tells Jesus, I believe help my unbelief. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the questions I have hearing you talk about that is just what difference does that make? So say I approach prayer more Mm -hmm. legalistically, Mm -hmm. like I think of it as a duty Mm -hmm. or I think about it as something that kind of, you know, I, I, I could be operating with the sense of, you know, I'm, I'm right before God based off of Christ a proper understanding of justification by faith alone. But functionally, there's still this sense of like, yeah, but God maybe is more like I, I feel a little bit more distant because mm-hmm. of how I'm living or something like that. But like if I'm still praying in either case, I'm praying out of motivation from the mm-hmm. promises of God and his grace or I'm praying based off of more, uh, more improper motivations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What like functionally, though, what difference does that make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I, th- I think it starts to feel like more of a burden to begin with. It feels like hard and frustrating. Um, not that, I mean, I think prayer is difficult. Uh, spiritual disciplines are hard. Um, but then there, there is this sense of like question. I, th- I think just those lingering questions of whether or not this is worth it. Does this do anything? Uh, it's, if we go back to the Bible reading piece, I'm not assuming when I when I read the Bible that it's I'm going to have some big flashy moment, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming over the long haul this is for my good, right? Because of the promises of God and in the same uh, prayer, I'm not assuming some crazy thing's going to happen. Uh, but this is I functionally live like that because I think I I get stories in my head about good prayer warriors mm-hmm. have all these amazing moments of prayer, and I think I need to restructure that more much more like Bible reading, like God does hear my prayers. And I, if 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 I take that 
at face value and trust that and that he will he will answer them according to what is good for good for me and for his honor um i i think i can f- feel released of like of that wrestling like whether does god want to hear from me is he going to answer me is this doing anything or what's the point of this mm-hmm. and to just lessen that voice in my head yeah i and i think like god wants prayer to be a privilege for us mm-hmm. like that's the mm-hmm. way it, with these promises in scripture not like this um like kind of even how we experience it does matter. It's not just whether right, we pray, right. yeah. but the spirit uh, within which we pray. Yeah. yeah um, and I think it will also cause us to persevere in prayer, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. It will persevere more when like the going gets tough and mm-hmm. your motivation is just kind of you're just doing it for the sake of doing it versus like, no, you trust in the long game of like God has some pro- has promises. Right. In the in, in in why we pray. Like that means you can persevere even in those moments where you don't feel like praying. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, it's just a better, a better way to, to head into it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even if you think of like, say your, your marriage, like, um, there are things that you do that you do it for the sake of the marriage. It's not flashy. It's not, but like say, um, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think even early, like say like right after we had our first child or second child, like we hadn't been out on a date in the first two months or whatever, we went out and it's like, how do we do this? We forgot how to, forgot how to date and just like enjoy one another, you know? But, yeah. um, or some things where you're just like, it's just the mundane thing, but that's, that's good. And you just trust that it's good for the relationship. It's not, um, you don't have to feel like, oh, this is something's wrong because it's not flashy. It's like, no, that's actually what a good marriage can become. Mm-hmm. You don't need the flash. Like there's something way, way deeper. And I think yeah. we've probably used this illustration before. I know we have before, but it's kind of like the person who go has a gym subscription goes to work out. Like that yeah. doesn't mean that they always. I mean, some people really like going to work out, but a lot of people they just do that because they know right, that right. they should and it's healthy. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong when they pursue it, even when they don't feel like it. Right? Because they're you can't say like their motivation is wrong because it, it would be like no, their motivation is right that they're mm-hmm. even going mm-hmm. when they don't feel like it yeah. because they know there's value in it. Versus it being sort of something like a legalistic approach where you're just kind of doing it because you feel like I need God to be happy with me or yeah. some sort of duty in the, in an incorrect sense. Yeah, that's right. Versus motivated by like, no, I actually see value in this, even when I don't necessarily always feel like it. Yeah. Or when it's tough and I'm yeah. still going to I'm still going to pray because I know it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. This actually is hinting at another one that I've already had. So I'll just go to say that one. The next sure. one um, is that we. Uh, we assume we don't pray sometimes because we assume authentic prayer is only when we feel like praying. Mm. So we can not even tell ourselves the lie. I probably shouldn't do it because I don't feel like it. And that wouldn't be real because we are like our culture right now. Like we like authenticity. And if it doesn't feel right, then then it's probably not true and it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, we even define truth in terms of authenticity. Right. Yeah. Our definition of truth like being your true self is just being however mm. you feel yourself. Sure. To be. Right. Yeah. So rather than it being something stable, it is something really malleable. Mm. Um, and so that, and so that really messes with a lot of ideas yeah. of like any sort of stability and disciplines. Yeah. You can see why people would be like, well, if it's not authentic, should I even do it? Yeah. So, yeah, and we see that a lot in like relationships. Like mm-hmm. I just don't feel like a love for them anymore. Right. And so it's like, well, it's based off of something almost as if feeling. Yeah. The the feeling is what makes love real or something like that. But I think the example I, I, I've used a lot and, um, I'm perhaps you have too. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but like 
that's it's just not the way it's just not reality so think about your child uh, you have a, a newborn mm-hmm. still right he yeah. gets up in the middle of the night two o'clock <laughs> yeah needs food or He's got a full diaper or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I don't know a single parent that's like, oh, sweet. It's awesome. 2 o'clock. I yeah. can't wait to get up. But you actually are probably frustrated because he was just up in half an hour ago, like when they have a cold or something. Mm-hmm. But you get up because true love actually is willing to go through the feelings. Mm-hmm. True love is not dictated by the feelings, what you feel at the moment. Um, and so I think to be truly authentic is to to go through those hard times and say, no, I'm going to do it anyways because I love. And that's what I'm going to do. So I think prayer... Um, I, I believe this lie way too often is think, no, real prayer. I, I shouldn't pray because I don't really feel like it. I, I need to flip that and say, no, I, even when I don't feel like it and when it's hard, I, I want to pray because I do trust God and, uh, I'm willing to, I want to go through the difficulty. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So then that was number eight. Um, so number nine, uh, would be I've tried and it didn't work. So this this actually can be one of the um, the the ways we respond when we do hear the, the promises of Scripture about prayer, right? Yeah. God hears our prayers. This can happen, and this can happen. Ask anything in my name, yes. and I will and I will answer it. Or right. say to this mountain, thrown into the sea. Yeah, yeah. and right. you're like, well, but that doesn't feel like it yeah. happens, you know? Yeah, the peace of God will rule your heart if you bring all your supplications before Him. Like I just prayed, I don't feel peace in my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we just kind of get the sense of like, well, it doesn't work. Um, so I think, is yeah, it's just learning how to speak to that because we don't want that to drive us away, uh, but learning how to speak to that. So the thoughts that came to my mind as I thought about that um, were one, there, there are times in scripture, I think, that is warranted to say there could be reasons why our prayers aren't being answered because of our own sin. So mm-hmm. that that's real, right? The first Peter 3 passage shared two weeks ago. Husbands yeah. who are living with their wives, not living with their wives in an understanding way. Yeah. Their prayers are hindered. Or yeah. or that proverb that you listed where the Lord is, it says that the Lord hears the prayer of the righteous. And then the parallel statement before that, which is meant to be read as yeah. like the contrast, yeah. is that he's far from the wicked. Which right. Which would yeah. seem to be the idea that he right. doesn't hear their prayers. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Now, God can answer Totally. Anyone's prayer, yep. if he wants. Yep. But as a general sort of disposition, there's certainly no yeah. obligation on his part. Yeah. Um, there can be the, like the James one that uh, when we, if you lack wisdom, ask. Um, but, but without doubting. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So if there's like a essentially, a you're not asked if you ask and with doubt, you're not actually asking in that sense. That's it's right. Like yeah. You're just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Or in is it chapter four? Chapter I think four, where yeah. he says you. You yep. don't ask, and even when you do ask, you you ask out of like selfish, selfish motives, essentially. Yep. Yep. essentially. So, of yeah. course, God's not going to answer that. Like yeah. prayer isn't some blank check, right? But he he ans- he wants to actually answer things according to His will that are actually good for us. Yeah. So I, just like my kid may ask for things that aren't good for them, I'm not going to give them all right. of those things because I know it's not going to be good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Never would we want somebody over over to hear overhear some of those things, right? It's not because you didn't receive the answer to prayer. It's it is because of your sin. Yeah, it could be, or you're just not believing. Yeah. You got to believe harder yeah. or something. It could be, but that's not necessarily always happening. Yeah, um, because there are, like you're saying, there are also. It's not a hard fast rule that just because you pray, there's going to be healing unless there's sin. Like, yeah, that's, right. that's not how we're supposed to read it. Um, and I gave some argument for that in the sermon a couple weeks ago, but. Um, 
I think a good place to go then is the is the garden of Jesus. Um, I think for in a lot of situations of life, the garden's a good place to go where Jesus comes before the Father. He's sweating blood. I mean, this is a tense moment. Um, and he prays, Father, if you can remove this cup. If there's any other way, remove it, yet not my will, which indicates that Jesus' will or his desire at that point was for the cup to be removed. It says, yet not my will, but yours be done. In other words, there's like two desires going on. Jesus desire from a human aspect is saying, mm-hmm. I don't want to go through this with this. If there's another way, let's do it. And the father's will is the other direction. Um, and, and he that's, willingly wants to submit to that's that right. will. Yeah. Even so, though humanly speaking, it would not be something that anyone would want to go that, through. That's right. Yeah. And so it's then bringing ourselves and saying, okay, Lord, I trust the promises that you do hear the cries of your people. You hear my cries right now, but I also trust that I, I want to say with 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 our our Lord, Your will be done, and I trust that You will work all things together for my good and for Your glory. It might not look the way I want, but I trust that. Mm-hmm. And so, just because it it um, doesn't pan out the way we want, we don't want to mistake that for God's um, inactivity, inactivity, yeah, yeah or unanswered. Yeah, and part of it might be our own cynicism, where we think, well, it didn't work. Yeah, it's like yeah. Mm, maybe it did. Maybe God is right. actually answering prayers. And maybe we just are quick to chalk it up to chance or yes. or not be able to see how he maybe answered it differently than we expected. Yeah. But he was nonetheless intervening and orchestrating his will. Yeah, that's excellent. That is another point I have. So we'll bring that one forward. Uh, I forget how I stated it. Uh, We're too cynical to... To recognize the answer. Yeah, it's something I, th- I think I said. I, we I, have listened to our inner cynic there you too go. long, that one. Yeah. Um, number. Yeah, 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 number. I had it. Uh, you have it. The yeah, number so is all out of orders now, now but yeah. it'll be number 10 now. Yeah, that's right. We we just have listened to that inner cynic, cynic so long. And that, I mean, you gave one, one way that that happens. Like, um, we so quickly got answers prayer and we're so quickly to be like, well, it's probably this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, like that would have happened anyways if I had him pray. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so when we don't connect those dots before long, if we do that, we just be, begin to just think of prayers like it sounds good in theory. Yeah. But that's not really what changes the world. And part of world. that part of that is probably a little bit of our worldview. So just as we talked about yeah. the idea of we even think about truth and authenticity, like we tend to we're very much shaped by scientism, the scientism of our age kind of thinking in materialistic terms, what I mean, or naturalistic terms. What I mean by that is like, we're very much accustomed to like how science causes us Mm, to think about mm -hmm, the world where everything has like a natural cause, everything is cause and effect. And therefore, if something comes about, it's like, oh, well, that must not have been God. That was a natural cause that was going to happen anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, The wind blows and trees respond and just everything kind of happens as it was going to happen. And so we, and it's not to say that there wasn't some sort of, physical cause that maybe brought about an answer to prayer. Yeah. Um, but the thing is like we operate from a, a, a disenchanted worldview where we, we sort of dichotomize it as either it was, it came about through natural causes or God did it mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. being able to see like, no, God actually right. um, is everywhere. Yeah, he permeates point. everything. He can, he uses natural causes. Like somehow we're divorcing those in our minds. Right. Anyways, I, maybe I'm yeah. sounding overly philosophical, but I think we are operating from a, from a, a worldview that very much like disconnects God from just normal mundane yeah. things. And therefore, like if it, if we see some sort of mundane reason why something came about, we assume it couldn't have been God yeah. versus like, why wouldn't we just assume that God's involved in all of our affairs? Yeah. 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 I think that's a really good way of stating it. And I think when that builds over time, they're just, 
we don't feel the sense of need to pray then. It's just like, mm-hmm. well, it'll probably just kind of work out anyways. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Uh, next, um, I had, we don't, we don't like to think our, of ourselves as needy, helpless, dependent people. Yeah. Uh, we just have been grown up. We've grown up in a culture that we value, like one of our values is independence. Like we, mm-hmm. we think that's important and you've sort of made it. You're a strong person when you're independent. Yeah. And that's just, it's not what script, how scripture paints the human race. Like we're a dependent people right mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yeah. Like, go ahead. And it's good to see like how this is different from other cultures, like other cultures that are more yeah. community and collectivist focused. Mm-hmm. Like they would view a sense of independence as actually like of not a virtue, but a yeah, vice. Right. Like it is seen as being really arrogant or mm-hmm. neglecting the help of those around you. Now there's certainly negatives to that. And like, mm-hmm. there's some positives to our own culture that wants to focus on our own like um, Mm -hmm. sense of independence and things like that. But it's just being aware that this is a unique thing about our own culture that can cause us, like we almost feel shameful when we need help from others. Like there are even people who need help, but they refuse help because it's a matter of pride not Mm -hmm. to take the help. Mm -hmm. And so just to think about how that aspect of our culture, which is definitely there, um, you know, we want to promote people, you know, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, that kind of idea. Um, how that could affect our prayer life. That's right. Where, yeah. I mean, our relationship with God is defined by our dependence on mm-hmm. him. Like it's mm-hmm. a very humbling yeah. thing. Um, right. Like, salvation is dependent on him. Our existence is dependent on him. And that's a very, mm-hmm. that can be a very humbling thing where then to pray, I think this is probably one that to me is maybe one of my hindrances is like mm-hmm. wanting to feel like I can do it. Yeah. And prayer just immediately just feels like a humbling thing to yeah. enter into. Mm-hmm. It bristles against our pride. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause sort of by definition, prayer is saying like, I, I need help. I, I need, need help. I need you God to intercede here. I'm asking. Yeah. 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 I can't, I'm either, I'm praising you because yeah. you're worthy in ways that I'm not. Yeah. I'm asking you because you need to do something that I can't yeah. like it, the whole yeah. thing screams. It. And we don't like to admit that we don't like to feel that. So we, we like to set up the world that we can manage. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like recognizing I can't manage the world. So I think this starts at a very young age. This is just the air we breathe. Uh, I remember, you know, I, I don't know what, uh, so we both worked at the same organization before pastoring Milwaukee at a Milwaukee Mission. Rescue Mission, which I, I love. Yeah. Um, I, I do, and I, I get where they were trying to help uh, some of the individual individuals there, but there would be sometimes a, a message of like, you need to, you need to get th- like, be a, be a man and stand on your own. Like when you get out, out and that there's, there's messages that they're trying to promote there and that, that's good and right taken to the wrong place though it's like well no we're dependent people mm-hmm. like we need the church we need friends we need family yeah and i'm not saying that there, none of that message was there but it, yeah, it, right, if right. you're yeah. if you're weighing too heavy on one side because that's actually be what i was problematic thinking of when i was thinking about sometimes people find themselves in dire situations but aren't willing to like a right, lot of yeah. those guys that i worked with at the mission they may have been guys who they could have had help had they mm-hmm. asked but it was a matter of pride a matter right. of burnt bridges so right. Not, and not to yeah. just pick on that one community. No, no, no. We all do all, this. All of us, yeah. But it's just the, that that's so baked into our culture that yeah. even someone who's like 
someone would rather be homeless. There are people mm-hmm. who would rather be homeless and ask for help. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that, can, that pervades all of us to greater and lesser right. degrees. Because this can happen on simple things. Like one, we, so on the other side, we feel good about ourselves when we are there to help someone else. Yeah. When someone else is in need, we feel we're important. very quick to be like, yes, I can help you. And, yeah. and we feel good about ourselves. Yeah, we feel important. Um, but even just think of the times when like you're feeling anxious or depressed or frazzled about life. Like a really good thing at that point would be to pick up the phone and call a friend. But you feel like, well, I don't want to be a burden to them or... Yeah, yeah, like I, it's just the sense of like I'm going to be vulnerable at that point, and like, or they're going to see me as weaker, yes, in maybe ways they haven't before. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think it's pretty deep into us, um, and then I think that just works into our prayer life. We don't want to feel that. We don't want to feel it in relationship with other people, and then why would we want to feel it with God too? Yeah. Um. All right. The next. We have, uh, I had, it is difficult and we don't like difficult things. Kind of like the, take the, uh, the path of least resistance kind of idea. Like we like to take the path of least resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, especially, you know, the last however many years in our culture, uh, we, you know, hard things pop up from time to time. Um, as just talking generally as a Mm -hmm. culture. Yeah. Um, but we haven't, you know, I mean, we've heard it, uh, you know, a lot of times. Like, we, just, thankfully, we haven't experienced some major, major things in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, 9-11 was significant. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was in our like, lifetime. Yes, but yeah. it wasn't this long, drawn out, like, just this hard, long season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I hear it more from the older generation. You know, I'm 43. But yeah. even the older generation than us that, that like... We take for granted a lot of the ease that we've had. Yeah. Um, and that, when that just kind of like you just live in that for a long time, we avoid difficult things. Like we don't want hard things. And so if if there's like two options, like we're always going to choose the, the path of least resistance. And yeah. that's not always evil. Um, but before long, uh, that can that can be problematic. But like even the idea of like outside of like tragedies in our culture, like you could think of just the conveniences that we've developed mm-hmm. where we can now have our we can pick up our groceries rather than go pick them ourselves. Yeah. We can have yep. them delivered to us. There's like Uber Eats where you can have food delivered yep. to you. Yeah. Um, like we, even you're talking about, um, TVs. I remember this too. Yeah. We right. had to go and actually change the dial. Right, yeah. Don't change that dial. Yeah. Like Could it was you imagine if dial. that was brought back? Yeah. Oh. Right. Like, so, but now we or can dial up computer was brought right. back. I was thinking oh, about that too. Yeah. Like fast speed internet mm-hmm. and things like that. Like there's so many things that we've been able to develop yeah. that just make life more convenient. Yeah. Um, so then you just grow more accustomed to all of a sudden where you have to do something that's difficult and you yeah. think, well, there's an easier way to do this. Yeah. We're, we're going to. You're, we're going to naturally pick the easier path. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. sort of like um, I don't know if I'm just going off the top of my head here, but like going back to the working out idea or something. Like if you're not working out certain muscles, right, and then all of a sudden something happens in life and you need those muscles, like it's going to be, it, they just don't work. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to do because you're not you're not used to functioning that way or using them. Yeah, you know. Um. All right. Uh, we already did that one. So, uh, next one, we over, we over spiritualize prayer so that we begin to think we don't know how to pray. Um, I, I, this is probably more prevalent than, I don't know how many people would say, I don't know how to pray. I think when it comes to public prayer, I think that would probably be pretty, um, Mm -hmm. pretty common and people get nervous about praying publicly because they feel like they don't know how to pray. Um, 
or in small groups or something. Like, yes, you yeah. hear That's people what I mean who about struggle. Public, yeah, in front yeah, of yeah, people. yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. But like people will feel kind of intimidated. Like I'm not really, I'm not really good at praying in front of people. Yeah, and so I just think that has to affect our yeah. personal prayer life. Um, one, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a helpful way for us to think about it. I think we're over spiritualizing prayer at that point, or making it performative, like we're yeah. at, like we're like prayer is an act of performing in front of other that's people right. versus yeah. like, listen, your prayer may not be polished, but that's not really the point, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and I think even these image, these kind of pictures of like, be like little children, right? Yeah, <laughs> before before your father, like, and, and your father already knows what you need so it's not like you're giving him some new information mm-hmm. or when jesus teaches his disciples how to pray it's not like he's like okay sit down let me let me give you a 30 35 minute instruction it's just like well pray like this and yeah it takes you 15 seconds pretty basic things yeah in his in the in the lord's prayer yeah yeah that's right but there is a sense um when it comes to i think public prayer is a good antidote to, to or diagnosis for us and for like why why do we struggle with that uh, I think it's because we 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 put some manner of prayer of prayer that what it needs to look like that it, that's just not reality. Yeah, are you talking about almost like the it becomes like its own little has its own vocabulary and language yep. where we say things like yeah. Lord is used as a punctuation mark and we speak yep. of like yeah. hedge of protection, bless the hands, like kind of yep. that. There's like this phraseology that if yes. someone kind of gets the assumption like, well, that's how you're supposed to do it, yeah. then it can kind of feel like it's a whole skill set that needs that's to be right. learned versus just like you, as you talk, you know, obviously with the pro- proper reverence to God, mm-hmm. but like, you, it's not like you need to have some like special vocab that you right. learn or something. Yeah. 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 So it's almost like, you know, if you, if, if you've heard someone say like, oh, you're, you're good at praying and like it's one thing to say you're good at praying because you discipline yourself. You just continue to like you yeah, work yeah. at like that as an actual versus discipline. like your actual the words you use and such like that. It's, you're like, like really just, articulate. Yeah. Like think, granted, that might be helpful to have someone who's really articulate yep. lead in a congregational yeah, totally. gathering. Yep. But that does that. But that does that mean that the person who's not as articulate is not as good at right. praying? Well, they just may not be as articulate, and yes. it may it may be harder for other people to follow them. But their prayer is just as genuine and. It could be even more effective. Yeah. The prayer of the righteous person, not the prayer of the articulate person, That's right. yeah. has much power That's in right. its working. So. Yeah. Great. Well, at this point, we're going to go ahead and, and take a break for this episode. We will look forward to joining you again as we continue looking at more of these hindrances to prayer. Yeah.